Hello, and welcome to The Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby. Thanks for joining me once again. Just another day to talk about some Clemson sports and excited to, to jump on in it with you. It's recording this on November 9th, uh, 2023. Uh, so super excited to talk to you all today. And we got a lot to talk about. We got some Clemson football playing Georgia Tech. We've got both men and women's basketball played Winthrop. Going to talk about those games a little bit and just lots more coming on the podcast. Also, congratulations to Clemson women's soccer, who got the number one seed after uh, finishing second in the ACC tournament, and they will start their uh, trip for that, which is super excited. First time ever in their history doing that. And then the men defeated Louisville last night 5-1 to one to move on to their championship game against North Carolina. So they're trying to – they went last year, lost to Syracuse, but now they're going to play North Carolina. So soccer is it's going pretty well. I would watch those teams if you get an opportunity to do so. But here we go. We're going to talk about some uh, game with Georgia Tech on Saturday, and then we're going to talk about women and men's basketball. So the Clemson Tigers have another home game. They will play Georgia Tech this time. On Saturday, this will be a noon kickoff on ABC against the Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets are five and four, four and two in conference. Clemson is five and four, two and four on the year right now. Um, Georgia Tech is coming off a win against uh, UVA, and Clemson, of course, is coming off of a win against Notre Dame. Georgia Tech's a very weird team, um, as I'm pulling up there schedule because I just want to make sure I get this right. So they've they've won two in a row. They beat uh Georgia Tech 45 Georgia Tech beat Virginia 45-17. Uh they beat North Carolina at home in a crazy one 46-42. Lost to Boston College, beat Miami, lost to Bowling Green. They've just had a very um I don't know if chaotic, but just very up and down season for them. They're really one of the harder teams to predict just because you know, they've played really well um, at times, and then they've lost teams they shouldn't have. Um, actually, crazy stat I heard today is they're actually 3-1 and one on the road, which is very interesting. So, and, you know, you wouldn't think of it, but they're 4-2 in conference. And and not someone you want to take lightly. I think this is a, a very interesting uh, battle between them. And also, it's very interesting after coming off the Notre Dame game. It's a difference of styles and different ways you might want to attack or just a different uh, way to look at them. I think a big thing is that it's at home for Clemson, which helps. Um, two familiar foes. But remember, too, um, it's still getting used to Georgia Tech not running that option uh, now with uh, – is it key? I was getting uh, mixed up. But, yeah, just with the new coach and coordinators um, – just something to look at. Uh, Haynes King is the Texas A&M transfer. Um, he's been starting for them. He's uh, 179 for 283, over 2,300 yards, 63% on the year, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, running back that's come on for them, Jamal Haynes, who has 664 yards, six touchdowns, 5.8 a clip. And between him, uh, six touchdowns, between him and King, they have 11 rushing touchdowns on the year. So a lot of weapons for them. They also go to Eric Singleton and Malik Rutherford, 
who have nine touchdowns total and almost a thousand yards between the two of them. Those are their two top receivers. So Georgia Tech likes to spread it out a little bit, whereas Notre Dame wanted to, you know, control the clock, control line of scrimmage, and maybe limit some possessions. Georgia Tech's very, they've been very okay with these back and forth kind of the games, and that's how they they came back and beat North Carolina. <laughs> the thing for the thing for Clemson is I think um I don't know if you necessarily want to get into a track meet with them. Um, but I think if you can control the line of scrimmage like you did with Notre Dame and you control um I think a big stat in this one is is, is third downs, um, which is is it's a pretty, you know, it's a it's a stat you always look at. But I think just even looking at Georgia Tech, I just thought this was very interesting. Uh, third downs, they convert 47.5% on third downs on offense. That's 20th in the country. And on defense, they um, allow opponents to convert 44.7% of the time. So almost, so pretty close. That's only 110th in the country. Remember, there's 133 uh, FBS schools that play Division I football. So not great. Um, Basically, they try to score a lot of points, and they will give up some points. As it says, they they score thirty three a game, and they give up thirty. So they're playing these types of battles. Um, offensively, they're going four hundred sixty five yards a game, two sixty one in the air, two hundred four on the ground. Defensively, four fifty five total, two thirty five through the air, two twenty on the ground. Um, not great. And I think something that you're going to see Clemson want to exploit too is. They're giving 220 yards rushing on the ground, which is second worst in FBS. And, you know, that could play to some strengths that um, Clemson has shown, especially with Phil Moffa last game for 186 yards. And then if you get Will Shipley back, I wouldn't be surprised if they go about it in a similar way. But I think you also need to establish some of the passing game too, especially with um, like with North Carolina and South Carolina coming up as well. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see a lot of running and then trying to establish some maybe deeper shots and just trying to exploit defensively because they've been known to give up some bigger pass plays too. So I think that's the the big thing though is third downs is that you have to keep these drives going, keep the best one of the best defenses sometimes is keeping your offense on the field. So the more they, they can convert these third downs, that will be huge for Clemson and then keeping Georgia Tech off and then forcing them to have to play catch up. And I think too. You probably want to not let Haynes King beat you. And like with this passing game, Singleton has 552 yards and six touchdowns. I would probably rather um, try to keep things in front of you and then try to get pressure on the quarterback and, and force him into some decisions. He's got 10 interceptions in nine games. So that's, you know, a little over one a game. So I would look for an aggressive style defense. And I think Clemson's just going to play themselves and play the game. And, um, so again, I think this is a big opportunity to build some momentum off of Notre Dame and really build it into what you got established and and not let that be a one-off because you, you're going to be in a stretch of games where you've got some tough opponents like Georgia Tech has been, it's a very interesting team. And then you got North Carolina next week who has a great offense and, and kind of an okay defense, you know, kind of average, you know, um, these defenses in these upcoming games, they're definitely ones that Clemson can run on and score on. And I think wanting to be the aggressor in the game and whoever can establish the style of ball that they want to play is huge. And with these games being at home, that's also massive. So 
it's also Military Appreciation Day. It'll actually be played on Veterans Day, which is pretty cool. So they'll be wearing the all purple, which is fun against Georgia Tech because they always, that's what, that's kind of how I got started. And for me growing up, like it just, it just feels right to wear purple against Georgia Tech. And whenever I had that opportunity with NCAA football, I would always wear purple and Georgia Tech. I mean, no matter what. I mean, I, I totally get what Sweeney does and, you know, and it just happened to work out this year. But I just think it's always cool to wear the purple against Georgia Tech. So that's going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, I think it, I think this is an opportunity to, to really want to get the offense clicking. I think last week you just had to win and do what you could and and want to control the ball and, and keep Notre Dame off the clock and kind of beat them at their own game. And now I think you can start to establish some rhythm. I would like to see a little more dynamic in the passing game, maybe a little bit more than just some quick slants. Um Love to see Tyler Brown able to get a little going and hopefully Bernie Stool can go and, and have a good game and maybe some and then Shipley's back getting him involved, maybe some passes out of the backfield, I think would be good. I'm I'm excited to see and hopefully, you know, how they play the offensive line, if that's the same one, because that unit did really well. So I hope that I kind of want to see them again and just kind of establish that rhythm together and see if he can't go on a string of wins and and then try to go for a bowl game and, and get a win in the bowl game to finish nine and four. But a lot still have to play for. And I think now it's wanting to finish, like finish November well, finish the stretch well, get these steps, win the rivalry, finish nine and four, and you know, end on a high note and end on your terms, especially. So but I think that's the big step. Is third down conversions. Uh, they're 20th on offense, 110th on defense. So you stop them on third downs, make third and longs, make it harder to convert, and then you continue to get the ball on third down. And then also, too, and, and the flipping the field, I think, will be big. Um, the line's 14 and a half. What's uh, the line that, you know, in the contest I'm in with the rural radio station? Um, the line that that was pit, like when we got the picks, it was 14 and a half, which seemed high. Um, I think it's gone down a little bit since then, but I know they just beat, they just beat Notre Dame, but to me, it just felt high. Um, and it's not that I don't think I, I, I'm, I would predict Clemson to win. I just think it's going to be in that, maybe that 10 point kind of a range, maybe like, maybe like 34, 24. Kind of a game. If I'm gonna put a number on it, that's I'm gonna kind of go with 34-24, um, because Georgia Tech can score, and I think for them, you just if they can turn the if they turn the ball over, that will of course make it more difficult. And Clemson can score on them, but I also would think too with the style that they might want to be, they've been methodical and been more the more they can control the the ball, and I think I think we might see some of that with with some shots in there as well, um, or maybe it's more of more utilizing the passing game. Um, that's what I'm going to go with there. I think Klubik will get some more yards. I'm not as concerned. They only threw for like a hundred yards. Um, it was just, you gave the, you gave the, the ball to your hot hand running back and that's you go over there. So I'm going to Clemson win. Uh, Clemson wins, but Georgia set covers. I'm going to go 34, 24 just for my official prediction, but somewhere along that kind of line, for sure. And I, and I'll be pleasantly surprised if Clemson covers, but I think just the way that's been going and knowing how Clemson has had issues turning the ball over, especially with some fumbles that can keep a score line closer. And I think there are things that are to be encouraged about. And I also would say too, like most weeks there's been, you know, some kind of turnover that leads into points and keeps teams in games. And it just also depends on how 
this starts, you know, and who can establish momentum. I don't, I don't want Clemson playing a game in the high thirties um, or even into the forties or high thirties really, because that's just, I think that would benefit more Georgia tech and it's showing that they can score quickly. And I think if this game stays in the twenties or keeping Georgia tech into the teens, I think that plays into Clemson's hand, especially at home um, and, and at a noon game showing that like how Clemson got up last week. So there you go. That's my prediction. 34, 24, the Tigers will play Georgia Tech, remember, on Saturday at noon on ABC. And you also can listen to on um, 105.5 The Roar or the Clemson Athletic Radio Network. So really fun one. A big slate of college football uh, games. If you want to hear more about that, um, you should check out the other podcast that I do with Backyard Catch. This, is, of course, is a podcast and a part of the Backyard Catch uh, family network. So that's been fun working on. So if you want to hear more picks on the contest, and if you want to hear more about that, make sure you check out backyard catch podcasts. You can find it as soon as you spell it. Um, they're right uh, in there as well. So there you have it with that one. Well, also make sure we got some time to talk about a little basketball. You know, we got some basketball started and, and both teams played Winthrop, which I thought was really a fun day. They both opened with Winthrop. The the women played the matinee at like eleven thirty, and the men played at seven. So got to got to see that, and I think there's both things to be encouraged about with them. I think you know he felt for both of them first game jitters for sure. As I'm pulling up the the stat sheet, um, the women won seventy one forty one. It was a little bit closer at halftime. There's only about. Uh, six-point game at half. Um, a couple starters um, didn't, or a couple players didn't play in the first half, and so they didn't shoot the ball necessarily the best in the first half. Um, but the Tigers ended up pulling away with the third quarter and fourth quarter and got the thirty-point win. Winthrop's uh, in a rebuilding mode. They only had won eight games last year, so it was good to put that team away and not let them hang around. Amari Robinson is just. She's so consistent. I mean, she just casually has 22 points, six rebounds, a couple assists, you know, six to seven from the free throw line. She's just so consistent. And I think it'll be huge for this team. Um, and you have to remember too, you know, she, she's back, but like there's, there are some, there's more pieces that are trying to fill themselves in. You got um, Elmore got the start. And so I think she'll be big. She got into some foul trouble early, but her rebounding and be able to play big with some of the bigs that Clemson will have to play down low and help with Amari will be big. Um, Clues was fun. Like she was fun to watch. I thought she did a really good job of where she could cut to the basket and get some of that mid range going. And Daniel Rauch, who was the GA last year, she played at Michigan and then she was the GA last year. And then she had, some more eligibility. And so that was fun to see her out on the floor. I th- thought she did a really good job and, and gave a more of a senior presence um, on the team and did a really good job. I thought distributing the ball, you know, four re- rebounds, four assists, you know, she didn't score, but uh, you could tell it just, she had a calming presence about her. And so excited for these ladies to, to get some games under their belt and kind of establish themselves. And this can be a fun team and, and they have an opportunity to go to the tournament. If, if things fall their way and they take care of some business and get some key wins. But I think it's good to build that momentum. Um, we'd love to see some more of the outside shot making. And I think some of that will come. I think some of the shot making can take a little bit of time in these first games, you know, and you're getting rhythm, figuring out rotations and figuring out all these things. And so um, that'll be good to see. And so they've got Charleston Southern on Friday at home, which should be another 
um, way for them to establish themselves. I would expect them to take care of business against Charleston Southern because you want them to see them do well. And they got Mercer, I think. And then in the next couple weeks, they'll go to South Carolina, which you got your in-states. That's, that's tough. They're number six in the country, and they took care of business against Notre Dame. Um, but then they've got the, the tournament in Houston where they play Mississippi State and some others as well. So there's opportunities for sure. But I think this team, the more momentum they can build in the non-conference, the better. And getting into, and then when you get into ACC play, which is always really tough. But this is a fun team to watch, and I would get, I would go out there if you get a chance to. And then for the men, they also played Winthrop, and they also too were a little bit slow on offense at first. Um, Winthrop was kind of hanging around, uh, but they ended up winning seventy eight fifty six. And I thought what was really impressive with this for the men was that they're adding some new pieces. You know, obviously. Um, Joe Girard, the transfer from Syracuse, comes. Um, he, I was really excited to see his um, debut. He only ended up with three points. But what I thought was very interesting and really key for this too was that Joe Girard is a scorer. You know, like he came, he came to score. You know, like everyone knows, like his history and accolades that he has, and and you know his bio. He's a, he's a scorer. And it'd be interesting to see how he would kind of fit in, how well he's picked up to the defense and how the rotation and just how that ball movement kind of goes is you're replacing Hunter Tyson and you're just trying to figure out how does this all kind of kind of kind of work. And and they were then they were not letting him beat him because they know how much of a shooter he is. And I just thought he did a really good job distributing the ball, not forcing stuff, which I thought was really big. And I think that's the thing with this team is that uh Chauncey Wiggins only had two points and he started. Joe Girard had three. Uh, Chase Hunter had a late 10. Uh, Jack Clark, you know, he could be a guy who gets some key minutes. He had six, but nothing crazy. You know, those guys who can have considerable minutes only had that much points. I just, I thought that was really encouraged about. They made 27 baskets, had 21 assists. Um, no one had more than four, but there were multiple guys with at least more than one, which I thought was big. You know, it just shows you how much they're distributing the ball, showing how much they're moving and getting guys open and there's so many options and they just i saw a lot of unselfish play which i was really encouraged about i thought i mean of course pj hall got his he was 20 20 points uh five rebounds could have had more some more rebounds but i thought it was good to get him going uh ian shefflin had a great game 16.7 rebounds thought he, he did really well um he's just an underrated guy and he didn't have his assist numbers that he can usually have but he's just a dude does a lot of the dirty work does a lot of um, the things that don't always show up, you know, on the box score, but he just is such a good passer and such a good um, presence on the court. And it has a good feel for the game. Like he's just, he's a fun underrated player and there's a fun team to watch. Chauncey Wiggins. Good to see him get established. RJ Godfrey. I thought um, I, I liked that way. He, I thought that he played really well and had some good men's off the bench. The only thing that I'm concerned about, for them would be um, just some like who's going to be that backup big and who's going to be the guy to um, really establish you know and just you want to want to want to want to watch out for a uh, foul trouble you know and I think that's the thing to just watch with PJ Hall is just I feel like especially in the first half you know I just you don't want to get him two fouls early and then it's like who's going to go off the bench and replace him and and all that kind of stuff and so Alex Hemingway you know had some points off the bench which is good. 
Um, so there's just it's a really deep team, and I think those will be fun to watch. And they've got a fun one this weekend. They go to the Asheville, up to, up to Asheville and play in that tournament. They've got UAD on Friday, which would be a fun one. And then the winner of that, are, and depending on how the other game goes, the other game is Davidson and Maryland. So assuming if Clemson wins, they would most likely play Maryland, which would be, you know, former ACC school and could be a fun one and could be a good non-conference game. And so, I don't know, this team is really, you know, really good and be fun to watch as they establish themselves. And I mean, facts and Childers was talking about, you know, our friend that I've, I've done uh, color commentating with for high school football. He made a good point. I think this team has an opportunity to be undefeated 5-0, and you know, going into the Alabama game with the SEC-ACC challenge when they go on the road to, to Alabama, who's number 24 in the country right now. And with a chance, with late tip, and you never know when, you know, until the ball is tipped, what that can kind of look like. But there's a chance for this team to, to, to rack off some momentum, you know, and with them, and then they could be 5 Even if they lose, they'd be, they I could see them being 5-1, before heading to Pitt for that first ACC game and then have that kind of mixture of ACC and um, and non-conference as well. So they have it as a little breakdown of both the men and women. Um, the women play Charleston Southern on Friday and then the men play uh, UAB in Asheville Classic and then we'll have another game over the weekend. So they have it. It's really fun. Big full sports weekend. Men's soccer, they play ACC championship in in, um, in Cary, North Carolina on Sunday against North Carolina. So that'll be fun. A lot, lot of fun stuff to to look at. And, of course, you had National Signing Day with a lot of people coming in with that. So fun game. Hopefully when we could talk next week, we can talk about some Clemson Tiger Ws. So thanks for listening, everyone. And for now, I'm signing off. Take care.